1: Hello everyone, I'm Emmeline Mondo and this is Mondo Moments. Life is made up of millions of tiny moments. I believe one of our tasks as humans is to be present for as many of them as possible. When you reflect on the unforgettable events or incredible memories in your life, zoom in and there will be these little moments before or after the event that sit in the heart space. The moment you knew things would never be the same again. The hour you felt the shift. The minute that saved your life or the second that changed it. These are the moments that build movements. Sometimes they are global and other times it's just the simple first step to change. Now, we are back with part two with Dr. Stephanie Cuckoo. If you haven't listened to part one, please stop what you're doing and go and have a listen. It's really lovely to get the full picture of Dr. Cuckoo's journey. We're picking up this week where we left off with the life-changing moment that led to Dr. Cuckoo deepening her personal practice and reflecting on her life. She shares valuable advice that she learned from a relationship coach, advice from colleagues and friends along the way, and so much more. Let's get stuck in. It's a goodie.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you know, I think 2018, there's always that year where your life truly changes. I was pretty sure that I needed to look after myself, and the job had taken so much out of me. But also, when I tried to look 10 years beyond, you know I was sort of in my late 30s I couldn't see a life I couldn't see a life and I don't mean I am a consultant surgeon at Oxford blah, blah, blah. I don't mean I'm a partner at Goldman Sachs I mean a life I mean I'm a fulfilled, balanced, balanced mm. person with a dog and a cat and a and as and, and a partner who loves me and a child you know I couldn't see a life mm. I felt like I would yeah this job was going to consume me. And I, was, I would have to sacrifice mm-hmm. more, even more than I had sacrificed to reach where I'd reached. I had already, it taken me quite a while to process the whole thing. Um, but, and I'd already started thinking about leaving. And then I was in this relationship that was, in retrospect, it was never. And I wasn't at the time, I still wasn't sure because I still was trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted. I'm not sure about the final Mm. settling down, but I know that that relationship was not right, but it was good for me in the sense that because I spent so much time, this is how it works. If you spend so much time looking at other people's deficiencies, it's a projection of the deficiencies that you
1: haven't corrected in yourself. Yeah, that's a deep one. so
0: I think that, when I finally got the courage, and I think this the courage to leave to change my life, because I clearly wasn't happy, came from two people in my life who are actually the two most spiritual people I know. Interestingly, it wasn't wow. my cool friend who yeah. like back like, why are you leaving? What are you mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't the cool cool ones. It wasn't the ones who are sort yeah. of have the sort of rigid, it was the ones who have been through journeys. Come on, on the other side, my best mm. friend, who's amazing. She's English, South African. She's an artist. She's a hippie.
1: Yeah, I, I always hear oh, about amazing. her. She sounds and so you know, fab. Like, she's been
0: telling me about meditation since we were, like, 30 years old. You know, 30! I was partying and working my arms up. Meditation didn't even... In fact, I think she gave me a course of TM, Transcendental Meditation Classes, for my 30th birthday. I do not think I oh, right. used them. them. <laughs> um, but as I was wow. coming into that sort of place of leaving, I started. Clearly when I got to the place where I thought something has to change, I went back to the meditation because someone, she brought it up again. So I went to the course, but it wasn't until I had resigned and I had been to that dinner and I had done a lot of things that I thought, you know what, there's stuff you need to fix in yourself. And so I accepted Mm -hmm. that. And then one of the things I thought was, I really want to kind of do more to discover who I am. So I read books. I did the morning pages, which, you know, my best friend sent me the book about why you should
1: write. It's so funny to look back on the things you write. Is it the art, was it with the artist's way, um, morning pages, or another one just about how, what, it, helps. how it helps? I can't
0: remember what the book was, but it was, yeah, it was about why you should just get up, and, you know, and write, even if you just, yeah. I don't
1: know what to write, I don't know what to write.
0: But sometimes it's manifestations. It's exactly, it's writing out, I will do this, I will do that. Yeah, just and I did out. that for a while. But yes, I think that that, I needed to find an anchor, which was what, which was looking at things, you know, when you're really making a big change, what's the harm in trying things that you haven't really kind of probably delved, delved in? That's the way I saw it. Mm. And in that, I found some peace. I felt so calm, calm. It's a state of mind. It's a way, you know, even the the, 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 the woman in Sainsbury's, who knows, people be like, oh, Stephanie, you seem so much calmer. What's happening? I'd be like,
1: yeah. lots happening. So wait, tell me, let's get a little deeper. When you were, you know, the morning pages, the, the the searching in a way, did you know what you were looking for when it's a sort of like find myself? Was it an identity outside of medicine? Was it the, the self that can could bring you to the life that you couldn't quite see? Was it a softer self? Like, what, are you able to identify what Either what it was you were looking for or what it is within you that you knew you wanted to to challenge or change.
0: That's such an interesting one. Yeah, I think I was looking for it was like I had had been something that I that I thought was expected of me. Mm. And I had done that. I hadn't found my whole self. And so I think I was looking for I was looking for identity. I think I was looking for to recenter myself so I can find other interests. I could find, you know, should really center myself in my next direction. But also I think I was just looking for calm and freedom. I was looking for mm. freedom. I can't explain
1: Yeah. Freedom in time, freedom freedom in your mind, freedom in your body. Freedom. I was just wanted to be free. I just wanted to What what is freedom? Freedom to
0: is Truly, truly, truly making choices of your own. You know, freedom is, some people think freedom is money. I think that freedom is making choices solely because in your soul, you and you alone feel that that's good for you. And that is going to take you to your best self, to your highest potential. You make those choices. Mm. The freedom is also autonomy and, and it's the same thing. Autonomy and when I use autonomy I say, you know, I didn't autonomy is feeling like you have control over your life, which a lot of doctors don't. Oh. Even now I speak to them, my cousins, wow. my friends, younger sisters and brothers, or you know, people who come to me for mentorship. And I don't say to all of them, I know things are stressful and it's been a horrid year, please leave medicine. No. I say if you love mm-hmm. this, it's mm-hmm. sacrifice. You do it and you love it and you enjoy the journey. But don't think that the world is easier out there. Don't think that you can just find you no, know, it's not, you know. And this will be the best mm-hmm. job you ever mm-hmm. do. It doesn't mean that you're not going to fulfil your potential in other ways or do interesting things, but it'll be the best job you ever do. But you know what? Not all of us want a job.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or
0: yeah. the first <laughs> half of life and then as I was nearing 40 I thought I now want to create a career that fulfills me that is mine and I can do in my own time and on my own terms and earn what I'm worth yes
1: I mean that that right there is a beautiful co-creation of a life that that can be so fulfilling and I feel that you're really working towards that now you do have a dog I've seen <laughs> on Insta have a puppy she's so cute. and,
0: and
1: I'm so, and and you're living with your partner yes, you're living yes. with your partner and right we're working on the baby part of things so wow that's so um, wonderful obviously I
0: wish I'd done it all of it earlier but that if I don't all of it earlier I want to be into the journey and I want to have met the great the man of my dreams and like you know everything happens as it should I wish I could tell my younger self that
1: yeah, I love that. Let's let's jump into that because look, a lot of people who have been single in this um pandemic who are say like mid 30s um are panicking, you know, like losing what feels like two um two very important years. Um and like you want as you explored like freedom, uh, making your own choices and then as you've described as well, you arrived at a point where you got the things that were right for you on your timeline. So um, I guess the advice is to trust trust your journey, but there is definitely that feeling that comes comes sort of like oh, mid-30s. God, yes, that but it's I, sort of-
0: I have to say, I, I was too busy looking for freedom. <laughs> there was certain part of that looking for freedom. With that comes, and I've got this coach. I know we talked about my coach, and she's amazing. Like Everyone needs guidance. And she says, Stephanie, there's a part of you. You are the most driven responsible person you are completely your life is centered around your your sense of purpose and really understanding that and continue to evolve with that but you have an avoidance of responsibility which which almost seems like a contradiction but avoidance of of responsibility was something for me that came with the fear that is really a projection of not really knowing who you are and what you want. So if you, Mm. if you, you can either, it either projects as avoidance of responsibility or the fear just channels you to do what you think you should be doing and you make the wrong choice. I actually was more afraid of doing the wrong thing and being unhappy because that's what society expected me. So I didn't go 35, my ovaries, I was working. I mean, to be honest, delivering babies. I didn't know about obstetricians. It put me off, you know, I just, Oh, geez, yeah. No thanks. Oh, it's not for a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah. This happened. You know, it's yeah. Out, I'm not pushing anything out. That kind of that's my thinking. But mm. I do
1: think that. Did you ever think of freezing oh, eggs? Freezing. Read, by the way,
0: read two really interesting articles because I invest in companies, and I'm in sort of women's right. health innovation now, and the fertility space is so fascinating. I'm speaking to some girls now um, and looking at their company, but it's really. What has come out of this pandemic, actually, is of course the women panicking and the egg freezing industry, which I'm sorry to say this is driven by men instilling fear, is balanced argument now of this whole why are we creating why are we created an industry to make money off women by selling hope and instilling fear. I didn't freeze mm. my eggs. I didn't freeze my eggs because at the time, and even though. You know, like I would have doctors who would like show me the show me the data and be like, but you should freeze your eggs. I had a really good friend whose wife had cancer. So she actually was the only person I knew who'd had a baby from frozen eggs. And I knew what the stats were. Mm. But at the time I saw all, by the time I got to sort of, and this was like 30, 35. When I was 35, that was 2015. It wasn't as huge in the States it was. But by 2037, when I was changed, I knew I was going to change my life. I wasn't single, but I wasn't in a relationship that was going to necessarily, that was going to lead me to having babies. But I didn't see it. I felt it was false reassurance because I would also see the other side, which was all these women going for IVF, mostly didn't have anything wrong with them, stress. The fear that is instilled in women, you know, look at most people who need IVF. They don't have any endometriosis or yes, there's a good proportion of women mm-hmm. who have problems, or or the there's a male factor in fertility. But a lot of people who have IVF they don't have any known problem, and that's because of so much tension and fear mm-hmm. and stress around the whole thing. Listen, I know what it's like. I'm going through it now. Yeah. It's not. It's you know, it's kind of like you're suddenly aware that your body has to do something. So even if yes, so, oh, and people say, oh, just relax, and it's not that easy. But yeah. So many of my friends who froze their eggs, by the time they got to the stage where they were then super stressed, didn't get pregnant and needed IVF, they never used those frozen eggs. It was always, let's do a couple of cycles of IVF because, well, if we get some fresh eggs, we'll try, even if you're 40. So it was never sort of, let's go straight into the freezer and get those eggs. Mm. Good evidence that it is, that there there is some chance of having a child with frozen eggs. It doesn't mean that you are definitely guaranteed to have a child with frozen eggs. But I think that there is also a big market drive, there is a lot of capitalism behind the egg freezing. And I think it's false. Looking back now, I was always someone who never wanted to sell sell down early and have kids early. But looking back now, I I think I would say to women to do it earlier instead of don't, it's Freezing eggs was never going to reassure me. It is a long-winded way. Like, mm-hmm. Let me explain more why I didn't freeze my eggs. I knew it was false reassurance. Yes. It wasn't reassurance. to reassure me. I knew you that know. I had to do it and do it as soon as I could with the right person. But because I had eggs in the yeah. freezer didn't mean that I was going to be less anxious, that I may never have a child. And that's, yeah. I looked at the science and that was, that was. So I think it's a personal decision of how you assess risk this to women um, as a a gynecologist everyone assesses risks differently the way I assessed it it wasn't going to reassure me having eggs in the freezer I needed that to know that I needed to make decisions and get on with it as opposed to freeze my eggs and just yeah and then just chill out
1: no yeah thank you for sharing that that is such a I feel like that's going to be very useful for a lot of people and an important insight um and I just completely similar to you I've never I can't remember even as a young girl being like oh can't wait to like be I knew that I wanted a family but it wasn't something I was longing for um in my sort of like young adult life I was like I want to travel I want to party I want to um and I do eventually want family but I'm curious about these conversations um yeah, yeah roundabout awesome. this time. And this freezing eggs thing has come up lot if you a lot.
0: think that you are one of those? I have friends who they need that reassurance to pay that money, take hormones. I didn't want to take the hormones. I didn't want stimulated unnecessarily yeah. uh, necessarily In my opinion, I, I didn't I just didn't want to take a big dose of hormones to have eggs in the freezer because those eggs in the freezer even with the step were not gonna reassure me. But there are some people who are reassured that if, them, if that's you, mm. then go and freeze your eggs. You know, like that's yeah, but it's yeah. not a choice that
1: that, you know, fits a pair it's personal. Yeah. Well thank you. Thank you for that. Um I'm aware that it was coming up to an hour and I've got so many other questions I want to ask you. Um so the moment that you knew that your life was about to change or taking a new direction and the practice that followed it, I feel like you just said that's twenty eighteen, right? Yeah.
0: Is that yes, your moment? I think so. But you know what, actually, I think that if you say the moment that I realized that I had to change and the practice that followed. The moment mm, that I mm, think mm. that I actually, um, that I knew deep down, no matter what your fears are, because change is scary, but God, nothing exciting happens without a big change. And yeah, the moment yeah. I knew it was actually a breakup. At the end of 2017 and i was watching stupid hours in the cancer hospital in chelsea where you know opposite it was opposite there mm, yeah. and there was something about that breakup and it was a friend of mine this is not my best friend but the other friend of mine she's actually a relationship coach named cambridge look her up on instagram but she said something really interesting and it was really around why i was with this person and why we And split up. She says, you know, Stephanie, you." and God, it was, when I think about it, it was half the time, but God, it was amazing. Do you know why we judge others? Have you ever thought about why? There's a lot of judgment about this person. But do you know why we judge others? And I said, she says, she said, I think we judge others because of three reasons. Mm. Because there's something we see in them that we don't like about ourselves however much you don't want to see it, however different they are to you. Mm. Because there is something that you want to discuss deeply with them that that you haven't had. So, you know, you have a fear of deep conversations or serious intimate conversations. Mm. And lastly, because they have a freedom you don't have that you want. And that was so important because that really made me think about, I don't, I've never, I'll never forget this moment. And I remember where we were, in a, we were having dinner in a place in Mayfair. And when she said that to me, I went home because I'd already be, I was already in that place thinking, how am I going to make my exit? How am I going to have the courage to change my life? But it just goes to show that the person we are, and this is why I have leadership coaching and, and, and life coaching, who we are is who mm. we are who you are in a relationship is who you are in fulfilling your potential, is who you are in your career goes, and yeah. who you are in for, for fulfilling your financial goals. You are one person. You're just different forms in those. In those. Yeah. I think that everything she said was sort of pointing to the fact that you, you can't have deep conversations. The first deep conversation you need to have is with yourself. What do you want? Who are you? Yeah, You see things in yourself, they don't like, yeah, maybe it's avoidance of responsibility that we don't Yeah. <laughs> and you have freedom
1: yeah. you don't have. You want freedom.
0: You want the freedom to curate your life and have autonomy as much as you can. We're not all, we're not all the freedom, but to curate yeah. your own life as much as you can. It's hard to do that when you have a mortgage and three kids. And I'm sitting here, I have to be very practical, That I know that that's not easy for everyone. but. Yeah. It's something that I live by anyway. And until I'm sort of, I have zero freedom, you know, the child, the dog, (laughs) you know, all the responsibilities, I will try and live by it um, as best as I can.
1: Wow. I love, I mean, that breakdown of judgment uh, of why we judge is so accurate. It was actually quite moving because, you know, as soon as you hear those three points and you really get honest with yourself, it's like, oh, right. Yeah. But those, you know, those three things in judgment, that sort of, they then led me to then, as
0: you say, the shift was how do I have deeper conversations with my with myself? I meditate. I find my calm. How do I sort out the importance of responsibility? I sort my shit out. How do I find my freedom? I resign from the job that is making me unhappy and find my way, even if I'm scared and afraid. Mm-hmm. That was the
1: shift. That was yeah. a big shift. I mean, there were many for me, but that was one. Well, and then I guess remembering that as you move forward, um, um, on this avoidance of responsibility, I was listening recently to, um, it was Brené Brown's podcast, and she was speaking to, I can't remember the doctor's name, but I, just briefly because it's so in line with what you said, and when she broke it down like this, I took a moment just to reflect on it. She said a lot of people avoid responsibility, and um, the way you should think of it is this: when you enter a car. Um, If you sit in the back seat, you don't have any responsibility, but you're just being, you're sitting back and the driver is taking you where they want to go. And if you sit in the driving seat, you have the responsibility, but you don't have the freedom of sitting in the back seat and saying, oh, I don't have any responsibility. The thing about that back seat, though, is that it's a false sense of freedom. So you think you're free because you don't have the responsibility, but actually you also don't know where you're going. So, oh, it's Dr. Edith. Eager, Dr. Edith Eager, she interviewed. And she said, The question is, what seat do you want? You know, what seat do you want in your life? And I just thought, as someone who can relate deeply with the avoidance of responsibility, you think it's all great in the back, I've got nothing to but you are then not driving yeah. that car. And so it's a risk that you've got to take. Yeah. You know?
0: All I think when I look on Instagram is, God, there's so many of these women just got their shit together way before me. It doesn't matter, you know, it's like it doesn't matter when you get there because so many of those women still haven't had my experiences. And you don't. The thing. It's all about mm. getting your shit together. Excuse my language. Or and also, you can't tell if people are where they want to be. That perception, you know, it's like. Uh, toronto like two, 2012 i went to this big surgical conference for young doctors and i i was chosen to represent like britain and it was really cool and all these doctors were talking, wow. they asked well, what is success and you know like the italian woman with like four kids surgeon cancer surgeon phd professor she's like success is just being a par-. you know the way she reeled off stuff on her PowerPoint is like basically i took that as su- success means being perfect i'm like no no, no, you're not my role model. And this is the surgeon came on yeah. and he was like, success is knowing you've done everything to be the best you can be. And he said, I do that mm. by making friends of all ages from all walks of life because I need that constant inspiration. Sweet. I mean, God, this was almost 10 years ago and I remember it. Yeah. Remember it. So, so, yeah, I didn't go on Instagram and think, why didn't I – do all the things that I want to do before I got why well, did it take me to get to 37 to have that big shift I think I have had a wonderful I've done so much before and then I I was at a mature stage then shift and potentially do more and most importantly everyone has their own journey but you know I listened to you yesterday we on mm. Inst- Instagram live and I can't you know, this whole, she says something about what well, they're talking about, you know, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. But, you know, some of us don't want to be in one lane. And that's exactly what I'm like. <laughs> that's exactly yes. what it is. People are like, what do you do? I'm like, I advise companies. I invest in companies. I do research. I'm writing a book, you know, I all these things. Like you just, you just, some of us are, some of us are just sort of birds. We fly everywhere.
1: You know, to be in the fullness of yourself, I think always as a woman, there's always a lot, there's always more than one thing going on, you know, as humans. But I do think it's something about, you know, the way we're even made up. We're just bouncing between so many different things. We're listening with our friendship groups, you know, we're carers, we're lovers, we're, it's it's many things.
0: Um, Yes, you know, I try and help women when they connect and say can you help me you know it's mostly community and I think like us we met at a random dinner Yomi uh we have to shout out Yomi Abiola
1: oh absolutely well Yomi is uh, I reached out to her when I was like it's International Women's Day and I want to gather just incredible like fabulous women who were soul-led also brilliant but just like I wanted to be moved and and she was, yeah, she had the twins it, on the way. It was, it was a really um, great day. I remember
0: getting out of the, watching her get out of a taxi and like she, she had twins and she couldn't like, and I just, I walked into that dinner laughing at her. And she's like, Stephanie, I cannot believe you're laughing at me because I was pregnant. Like, I couldn't get out. I couldn't like lift myself out of the car. It was such a wonderful day. And it was such, it was such a, our meeting in that, International Women's Day in 2018 just beautifully coincided with the sort of shift that I was making but it was like the final nail because it was just kind of like I sat at that dinner with all these amazing women and I thought and they were researchers and scientists and lawyers and filmmakers and singers and weird models I was just like yeah, you know you you, you can't live one life multiple lives, multiple futures, that's you know, one of my coaches mm-hmm. said to me, multiple futures, Stephanie, we live, we peak, and then we die. So the key to life, before you peak, jump onto another curve and live another life. Oh! oh. And I also oh. had a payment. I, I love drawing and writing notes. And it's sort of the curve. You think of the, the peak of the curve. But before you do, before you start declining, you just go on another curve. So you kind of go up again, and then you go up again. Yeah. It's wonderful.
1: Before we go, I just thought that there might be a young aspiring doctor listening um or a young woman who loves science, and I wondered if you had any words because I know that as you've expressed that you do um help young women when you can and you you're like you know very responsive on LinkedIn if people reach out to you and want advice um, any tips for any any younger women who are at the beginning uh, of their I think career in medicine? It's been a tough year. Stick with it. The journey is,
0: um, make the journey your own. The system is hard, but do it for as long as it feels you and your are passionate. find something that really interests you and, and stick with it because I'm doing all these amazing things at the moment, but it would be the best. It will, it will always be, medicine will always be the best thing I've ever done. And I wouldn't be doing all the amazing things I'm doing now if I didn't do what I did for as long as I did. So, you know, hone your craft mm. and, and be an expert. And, and, and then you can do other things as, as well. To women in science, STEM, tech, engineering, the future is STEM, the future is science, the future is tech. Um, I was reading the, I just just done a post about it today, actually, the World Economic Forum mm. Gender uh gender gap report and it says that if you look at the jobs of the future the pandemic has changed things but things were changing before if you look at the jobs of the future AI data um, automation there are not enough women like women are still really underrepresented those are the jobs of the future and I see it see it happening women doing the most extraordinary things in building the new world the Um, and so it's super exciting. Find mentors, find communities, reach out to people randomly Mm. because I did, um, I'm still doing it till today, reaching out to people randomly and it's been great opportunities. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I think it's a very exciting time for women. I know people say, oh, the pandemic has pulled us back a hundred years.
1: Yes. So get help, get help where you can. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been so glorious. I can speak to you for hours and I could so easily, it's so hard doing these because I just don't want to stop an hour. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to part two and joining me on this beautiful journey with Dr. Cuckoo. Now there's one bit that we didn't cover or one area. Um, It's pretty big and it's also very important and that is the rate in which black women are dying in childbirth in the UK and the US. We have decided that we might do this in a live or as a bonus episode, so please let me know what you would like. There are so many statistics and information that we can look over and speak to Dr. Cuckoo about, so DM me. Um, drop me a a tweet, um, an email. I'd love to hear from you about what might serve you the most. And finally, you know the drill. If you have enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, subscribe and share. Bye.